0: You're at the right place at the right time, and God's going to build you up today. God's going to make you happy in your spirit, and God's going to supply the strength that you need to live the life that He has called you to live, and this, my friends, is the high life. This is the life of living the very apex of what a life can be lived and that, of course, is in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about those things today. But first, we need to honor the Lord. Oh, yes. We need to actually worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings, and we need to bring them into the storehouse of God. We need to continually practice the biblical principles that establish us in the prosperity of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that there is a stable platform that you can stand on where it's not like the world's platform that's teeter-totter and your stock might be up one day and then plummet the next day because of the volatile market conditions. But my friends over here, you don't have to play teeter-totter with the Lord. You don't have to be on one of those playground things where the children go up and down, up and down. No, my friends, come over here and get on the covenant platform of financial empowerment that is supplied through our obedience of God's word. You engage the covenant through seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. You engage by being an active tither, Ooh, hallelujah! Oh, now I, I'm an internet pastor, but just because I'm on the internet doesn't mean I'm some cyber dude that lives in a cloud. I'm real, my friends. I get real emails from you, real people. Pastor Stephen, why is it not working? Hmm. Pastor Stephen, I'm I've tithe. Why is it not working? Well, praise the Lord. Those are good questions that require uh, perhaps some probing and searching. Oftentimes I ask people, uh, if you say it's not working, how long have you been tithing? And if you are tithing, are you tithing consistently every single time? Or you just do a little tithe here, another tithe maybe a month later, or you just, you know, you're half-hearted well the covenant will not be uh engaged by god and until you're fully committed god will not commit why should he right a contract requires the consent and the agreement of two parties okay you and god you know god will do his part but god so often is waiting on us to engage with him through this financial covenant And God will take care of you. God will supply your needs. God will take you into overflow. But my friends, you're going to have to meet God on His terms and conditions. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've got my own ideas. Well, my friends, God oftentimes has to work with us because we can be so stubborn. We can be so stubborn. We see the truth. But sometimes we think we're more brilliant or smarter than God. But you know what? Frustration is a good teaching tool. We shouldn't have to go that route, but frustration, uh, coming to the end of our own strength and our own ability and saying, God, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it your way. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of uh, things not working the way that I know they potentially could because I see the blessing working in the lives of the saints and others who are alive. But if you're tired of being an ain't and you want to be a saint, You're going to have to rise up, my friends, and meet the Lord in obedience to His instructions. Praise God. And I know I'm talking to people that are hungry to serve the Lord. You stay up late at night searching out the scriptures you're like the the noble Bereans who the apostle Paul said search the word they just didn't take Paul at it at his word because you know he was some educated rabbi they're like look we don't care what you say if it's not in this book we're not going to believe it now of course what Paul was teaching was the word and they could verify it But my friends, I know that's the kind of people I'm talking to, noble Bereans, people that live, breathe, eat, and sleep God's directives and commandments. And my friends, I'm telling you, this is a covenant of financial stability, strength, and financial increase. But we have to honor the Lord. You can't rip God off and think that somehow this is just all going to work out right. The Lord said that what a man sows, he will also reap. And he said, do not... Do not be deceived. And that's this is what the Lord was speaking through the Apostle Paul. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sows is exactly what he's going to reap. So we want to sow obedience. We want to sow also with a good heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, there's a lot of disobedience in the church. You could be saved. You can love you could love the Lord to a degree. Because everybody wants to go to heaven right but you can be saved and and sit in church or you know even watch me on the internet praise the lord but still just not engage fully but my friends when you when you lock in with the lord the blessing The blessing starts to flow. Let me tell you two things that are very, very real. More real than the chair you're sitting on or the vehicle you're riding in as you're listening to me. More real than the clothes that you have on your back. More real than the house in which you live. There's two things that are very, very tangible, very, very real. One is called the curse, and one is called the blessing. Okay? And you do not want the curse working in your life. You want the blessing of the Lord flowing into your life, and there's a promise in the word of God, from the book of Proverbs, that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Oh, praise God. You don't want the curse. My friends, walk in obedience. Don't give the devil any access into your life. Hallelujah. Let your finances be fruitful. Let every area of your life be fruitful. We must live the word. Hallelujah. Verse 27 of Psalm 35 says, let them shout. Hallelujah. Let them shout for joy and be glad. I think some people have a wrong translation. They think it says, and be sad. (laughs) No, but God wants you to be glad. And this is for those, it says, who favor my righteous cause. Are you into the things that God's into? Mm, Praise the Lord. A lot of people really get caught up, really get excited about some bizarre things, some things that are very, very far removed, even from the kingdom of God, they're very much into it. But this is for those who favor the righteous cause of God. And it says, and let them say continually. Now, this, this needs to be something really that actually comes out of your mouth as a verbal confession of God's word. Well, Pastor Steve, but I don't know if our church agrees with that doctrine where well, your church needs to get your doctrine corrected. Anything that doesn't agree with the Bible is wrong. Hallelujah. Mm, Glory to God. Let them say what, Pastor Stephen? Let them say continually that. And I remember this is not, this is not like a, perhaps my own personal belief. This is what God says in his word. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. There are some churches, bless their hearts, where the people sit there, they're saved, they're washed with the crimson blood of Jesus. They're on their way to heaven. But in some areas, the light's not turned on. Oh, I'm not ter- talking about 112 or 120 volt. I'm not talking about, you know, um, LEDs. I'm talking about spiritual illumination. And if somebody were actually to stand up in their church and shout with joy and say, let the Lord be magnified. The church would go, oh, yes. And, but if they said the rest of that verse, may the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in my prosperity. They'd throw you out of the church. And I'm not joking. They would literally ask you to leave the church. Mm-hmm. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Well, from an Old Testament perspective, the children of Israel, the sons and daughters of God, were considered servants. Now, I know that we also operate in a servant capacity, but in the New Testament, you actually move from a, a a role or a theme of servant to sons and daughters. Now, we are sons and daughters who serve, and we love serving. Praise God. But the truth is, is that you're not just like some servant in the house. No, you're now a heir a child of the king himself and it says that god has pleasure in your prosperity he has pleasure makes god happy when you prosper Mm, praise the lord praise god don't don't be jealous about others who are prospering okay be happy Be happy about prosperity coming to others, coming to others in the body of Christ, and let it flow into your life. Praise the Lord. Understand that it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's it's a blessing of God. Is it the main thing? No. But is it an important thing? Absolutely. And if you don't have it, it can make life very complicated. (laughs) Praise the Lord. God has pleasure in the prosperity of you, His servant. Now, let that be on your tongue. Let that be in your mouth, because we are told to say it continually. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure, not displeasure, pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. If prosperity were wrong, God would say, don't talk about it. Don't rejoice in it. Don't expect it. Don't have any of it. I'm not happy about it. And push it away from you. But that's not what the Bible says. My friend. stick with the Bible. Whoo! It will clear up any doubts. It will clear up any confusion. Stick with the Bible. Hallelujah. God said, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Do you, do you actually think it would make God happy to see you walking around in rags? In, in modern day America, walking around barefoot when there's millions and millions of shoes everywhere. Even if you can't go to the main retail store, there's sub outlets now that that have you, you know you have uh, uh, you have the major stores whether it's uh oh you know Nordstrom or Macy's or whatever. Uh, even if you can't shop there, that's totally fine. There's all the sub stores that they sell their stuff to when they can't clear it out. There's outlet stores. off there's millions and millions of shoes and you think with all of these shoes that are available not just in America but around the world that it would somehow make God happy that if you walked around barefoot and you couldn't even afford a pair of shoes I think it would grieve the heart of God and I think honestly would raise a lot of eyebrows and concerned looks from your neighbors Mm. we're living in one of the most affluent societies in the history of the world and you can't afford shoes what's going on? Well, we, we shouldn't have a nice pair of shoes because we, we should be humble. What is, what does humility have anything to do with shoes? Humility is a condition of your heart. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't ever forget, please, please don't ever forget that God created the peacock, not the devil. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that flamboyant animal, that's of the devil anything with brilliant colors like that, that's just a show-off. That's arrogance. That's the devil. No. God created the peacock. And he doesn't mind if you have some nice shoes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. You know, you can have a monastic mindset. You can have the, 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 spiritual discipline of a monk or a nun. But that doesn't mean you need to walk around in leather sandals. They may not allow that in a corporate environment. Oh, but you could still have that heart. Oh, absolutely. Mm, absolutely. Glory to God. That, that's what God is really concerned about. Praise the Lord. God has pleasure in your prosperity. Now let him lift you up into his blessing. Come through the door of obedience. Obedience to what? His directives, his, his commandments. Glory to God. And he will bless you absolutely. But my friends, be, be open in your heart to the Lord concerning your giving mmm hallelujah God can do far more with the 90% that you're allowed to keep than as compared to 100 you keeping 100% but give God the tithe give God the give the Lord the tithe it belongs to him let him have the tithe and watch how he'll bless the 90% that you have I know what some of you are thinking Pastor Steve but I'm not left with 90% I'd gladly give God the 10% but now the government's going to take 40 look It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not saying that's great, of course, what the government may do, but it doesn't matter if the government takes 70%. God is able to bless you so much that if you have 20%, you could, you could flourish with the 20% that he allows you to have. Glory to the Lord. Always pay your taxes. Always do what the government uh, or the state uh, uh, taxes are requiring of you. Obey those laws. Give to Caesar what is uh, due to Caesar. But, my friends, give to the Lord what's due to the Lord. And give to the Lord first. Praise God. And then pay your taxes. Hallelujah. And with, with what is left, watch how God blesses it. Watch how he carries you into overflow. Praise the Lord, my friends. It's it's time to it's time to obey. We could talk about this all day long, but uh, James said, "Faith without works is dead." Woo! But we're not going to have no dead faith around here. No, we are living in the Word. Hallelujah! It is time to obey God, my friends. It is time to honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings and bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Those of you that like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International. PO Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. Praise God. Those of you that would like to bring it in immediately, which is very nice through the convenience of online giving, you can do that right now. And it's very simple. Please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. Step out and obey the Lord. Get on a stable financial platform watch how god will heal your finances i'm not just talking about blessing i'm also talking about healing he'll help you put it in an order healing everything strong stable Mm -hmm. in the way that it should be sleep good at night you sleep good at night hallelujah knowing that god is your source and that he's blessing you heavenly father bless your people now they're walking in the the commandments of your word they're walking in the principles of the covenant bless them O God with your very best and may this be on their mouth continually that you have pleasure in their prosperity let them say it and not be ashamed of it for it is your word and you have declared it and O God we embrace your word even over religious traditions that would try to contradict what you have clearly said father we we line up with you above all, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, hallelujah, you're blessed today, amen. Let's jump into today's message. This will be found in the epistle of 1 Peter. Oh yes, the apostle Peter wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about this today, about being... Uh, just built up and strengthened in the things of God. Hallelujah. You need that. Hallelujah. It's very important. There are spiritual principles of maturity. You can't dodge them. You want to go on with the Lord, you're going to have to go through some things that are very, very good for you. Let's talk about it today from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, and let us begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we examine your word, we ask that your word would examine us. Open up our hearts. Oh, God, that as we would look in a mirror and see our reflection, let us see these areas that you are working on. We ask that you would stabilize us, strengthen us, and fill us with your joy. We thank you that you make the journey sweet, and that you teach us every single day along the way. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while. Oh, Pastor Stephen, please don't read that. <laughs> oh, embrace the word. If you see things in the Bible that you're not sure about, if you see things in the Bible that you still maybe don't have the foundations of it formed yet, don't, don't pull back. I, I know it can be, difficult to see some things and you're trying to balance it but don't pull back let the holy spirit help you remember when david saw uzzah touch the ark and god struck uzzah and he died instantly david david was in a sense just like hey this, this is too hot to handle i can't i can't handle this and he sent the ark elsewhere for a a uh, a period of a few months because he's just like lord your commandments uh uh lord this stuff is uh it's like this is like dealing with like plutonium or something like that and i i just need a little break but when david heard how the person was being blessed of where the ark was being kept at because the ark was placed in a certain area and that radiant blessing began to go out and touch the man's life whose territory where the ark was at when david heard how blessed that guy was getting he was like david's like now hold on a minute we need to get that ark back over here where it belongs i want that blessing in my life so when you see the living word unveiled and you see things uh you you have to assimilate it by the spirit and let the holy spirit help you with these things because it'll bring you into maturity don't dodge the word of god Don't be a draft dodger. (laughs) If God calls you into the military, don't dodge it if it's God's plan for your life. Just say, well, that maybe wasn't what I was expecting. Maybe it wasn't what I was wanting and certainly hope I don't die. But nevertheless, if that's the call of God, sign me up. I'm ready to go Uncle Sam I put my name on the paper I think I'm actually speaking to somebody right now hallelujah you feel like that's the the path that God has for you may it be confirmed by the spirit of the Lord but my, my friends it says after you have suffered a while perfect establish strengthen and settle you Oh, Pastor Stephen, I want God to settle me. I want to lean back. I want to turn on the 4K TV, and I want to drift off into pleasure and enjoyment. I want money in the bank. I want want everything the way it should be. I want to be settled. I want health in my body. I don't want any trouble. I want to be pampered, Pastor Stephen, by the angels, I want the angels to fan me if I were to break out in a sweat. Well, there will come a place. Well, God brings settling into your life. Uh, I, I can't guarantee you that, of course, that the angels are going to fan you. They would probably pass the fan to you and say, do it yourself. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying. But life is a journey. And God has things planned for us that, that are in our path that are his will for us and there can be righteous suffering. It's very, very interesting. Now, I'm not talking about suffering from the perspective of something that Jesus redeemed you from. If Jesus redeemed you from it, and he bore it, there's no need for you and I to carry it, because he's already accomplished it. At the cross, when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant that. It's not like, now we somehow have to come along and try to complete what he maybe didn't do. No, he said it's a, it's a wrap. It's a, it is finished. In other words, it is accomplished. He did it for us. But there are things that God allows us to experience for our maturity. After you have suffered a while. After you have suffered a while. Why does God allow suffering for your growth? For my growth? I used to have a job one time. Everything was wonderful. Praise God. Uh, I I had the ability to wisely minister to those in my department. Not not hitting them over the head with the Bible, but just would have opportunity to you know uh, present the gospel at, at the right time when they would maybe have a need or there was an open door. They had great respect for me. Everything was peaceful in the department. Everything was just like it was just wonderful. We all got along. Uh, we, we, we would have fun. Most of the guys there were not saved. And uh, even even if there were a few people that were saved, they, they were very, very young in their faith. But nevertheless, it was just so smooth, everything going great. And it changed in one day into almost what I would call a living hell. Oh, no, there were no flames, and there were no demons poking me with a pitchfork. But my friends, walking in the work for a 10-hour shift, because we worked 10 hour days with the new department manager was like a living hell it it w- it went from peace and it went to the very opposite end of the spectrum of total torment persecution uh, just uh, vengeful hateful spiteful personal attacks verbal insults and God wouldn't let me out of it it turned our department into like a war zone and it was so bad that some of the guys I'm talking guys that had been you know with the corporation for years and loved the department and excelled in it they said it's too much they said Stephen I can't handle this guy this guy is like a lunatic and uh they they transferred out they transferred out and of course if they transferred out now somebody else has got to be brought in. usually the person that brought in was a, you know, they didn't have the character, didn't have the, also the, uh, the knowledge and the skill set of the person that left. And it made it more difficult for us, the small group that were even remaining trying to hold the fort, so to speak. But you know what? This guy got away with some of the craziest things that you would wonder how a person could even do what he did in a major fortune top 50 company and get away with it. But you know what? God was allowing it. God, God, the things that he would do, normal people would get fired on day 1, and he would do it not just on day 1, but day 2 and this went on for months and months and it got so severe. It got so severe that just to go into work and function with normalcy, it took it would literally take me about 2 hours of prayer. To get geared up to go into this job with this guy. This guy was demon possessed. I'll just be honest. He wasn't. He wasn't just influenced by evil spirits. He was possessed by evil spirits. And there was a man in our department that uh, I got along quite well with because you know I I I don't have any problem in in relating with sinners. I can be nice to people. I can work anywhere. Uh, there's of course there's some places I wouldn't work. I'm not saying I'd work in some kind of sinful place but this was a good job Paul said work a good job with your hands and so I can work a good job with my hands even if there's people around me that don't know the Lord or you know would be sinners that doesn't bother me so but there was this one guy in our department he was the master joke teller and all of his jokes every single one of them was uh Either full blown sexual jokes or taint it with sexual overtones. He couldn't do. He couldn't tell any kind of a joke unless it was basically what we would call a dirty joke, and he was he was the master dirty joke teller. And I I I told him the first day I met him I said look he's because he tries to tell me the jokes I said look I I don't want to hear that stuff if the other guys want to hear that stuff that's between you and them but don't don't tell me any of those jokes I don't want to hear that and he never told me any after that, but. This is a guy that was full of full of sin, but even he said, "He said Stephen, this guy that's over to the apartment. He said this man is evil." So I, what I'm trying to say is, even sinners recognize that this guy, there's something very dark and evil about this man, and there was, there was, and because I was a Christian, he uh, he, he would try to do things to me to get underneath my skin first the first thing he would do is put workloads on me that were so unrealistic that I don't know if three people could do what he was asking me to do as one person but it would stun him when I would accept the assignment for the day and sometimes actually get it accomplished other times if I didn't get it accomplished because it was unrealistic from the first place I would get really close I would get really pl- close and although he would attack me he also respected me because of my work ethic because our, our our department would we we worked like um like you wouldn't believe we we had phenomenal output um we, we really made the company that we were working for a lot of money I, I don't say that lightly we were really hitting the ball out of the park with sales and 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 just moving product and stuff like that but he would still attack me, especially me because I was a Christian. And he, he would do things that even after I left work and went home, I would be upset. Now I'm talking to even going into, into work prayed up. But by the end of a 10 hour day, it just begins to wear on you. The filth, the, the, the I can't even describe a lot of the things that took place, but the attacks and all of the stuff that by the time the day is over, I would have to go home and pray two hours to get back into the peace of God. And my wife understood what I was going through because it was, it was severe. So that's what it took for me to survive. (laughs) Guess what? The Lord was allowing it. The Lord was allowing the whole thing. Hmm after you have suffered a while now I didn't know how long a while meant people in that department that worked with me would just say they would just say how is this guy surviving here without getting fired with all the stuff he's doing the torment continued weeks turned into a month a month turned into multiple months and it kept going and it kept going and he he one day said something to me that was so insulting and so degrading that he thought he was really going to get me with this statement but i had i had gotten so into prayer because that's what it required to walk in peace 2 hours of prayer before i went to work 2 hours of prayer after work and eventually i started getting so built up in the spirit that things start bouncing off of me and they're not having effect and he's seen that and so he really with his best evil effort made a statement one day that was just demonic and I I said to him I said hey I said I know you just said that I said but I know you didn't really mean that I know you're under a lot of pressure I know that some things are probably going on in your life that you're not happy about and you come here and you vent and you do all of these things because you're frustrated and he looked at me and he said he said that statement I just made to you he said that that didn't do anything to you did it I said no I said it didn't it didn't totally bounced off of me and I I said you know what I said you can't hurt a dead man he said what I said you you can't hurt a dead man he said I don't get it and um, I said look when I gave my life to Jesus Christ the old Stephen Brooks died, and the Stephen Brooks that's alive now lives by faith in the Son of God. And the life that I live, it's not really me living, it's Christ living in me. So I died, and the life I now have is the life that I live in Christ. So from my perspective, I'm just like a walking, living, dead person to the world. And he just, that when I, when I kind of explained that to him, he, he Launched off into a a tirade of profanities, but they were profanities of like that's the most awesome thing I've ever heard, (laughs) and he's cursing (laughs) very profanely while he's expressing how awesome he thought that was. But he knew he couldn't get me anymore. He tried just a few more times, and it poof just his arrows bounced right off of me, and and he couldn't he couldn't touch me from that day on I was invincible in his eyes he nothing nothing could face me and it just went on for a few more weeks He still tormented everybody else it went on for a few more weeks but as far as it was concerned between he and I is game over I won and I I stayed in a place of victory from then on out and then one day I walked into work and the atmosphere was totally different and an employee in my department came up to me and said said Stephen he's gone I said, well, who's gone? They said, well, he's gone. I said, he is. They said, yeah, they came in and fired him on the spot. Didn't even let him go to his locker, just walked him out, uh, and said, you're never allowed back. Amazing. Amazing. The, the, uh, now I'm talking about full grown men, hardened sinners, were gathered around the corporate desk and they were dancing. The one that told the dirty jokes he was leading them in a circle and they were all singing a song ding dong the wicked witch is dead well he wasn't a <laughs> can you believe that he wasn't uh, like a female witch but he was like a male warlock and uh and they said come on Stephen get in the circle and dance and sing well I said no I said I'm not going to celebrate somebody else's demise and um and I actually felt uh, God, well God had put a compassion in my heart for that man and I prayed for him, and I prayed today that somehow he has found salvation through the mercy, the grace, and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wished him no harm, and even today I don't. I, I, but, but for me, that was a tremendous growing experience to not quit, to not leave my assigned post just because there's heat and severe persecution, misunderstanding. And, and sometimes you can't, you can't truthfully explain why you're right or how you're being misrepresented, you just have to stand there and take the heat. Mmm, mmm, amazing. Wow. But after you have suffered a while, some of you are going through some things and you're thinking, God, when is it going to be over? After you have suffered a while. First of all, I need to tell you today that it will end. It will end. But in the interim, in the interim, Don't turn away from the Lord. Don't, don't lose your faith. When I'm talking about losing your faith, I don't think that you're thinking about losing your salvation, your faith in the Lord. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about your faith in God's goodness, your faith in God, that he has a destiny for you. He has a plan for you. I'm saying, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Hmm. Praise God. Because these things are from the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I want you to teach today about prosperity. I want God to bless me. Yeah. Teach me something good. Tickle my feet, Pastor Stephen. Pastor Stephen, I want you to teach me how God loves me and how his grace is always there for me. His grace is there, always there for you. God will prosper you. But you you you're not exempted from having to go through things that can be forms of suffering. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah the Holy spirit told me that there are some that are watching that you've been seeking God for a job. You're putting in applications, but you haven't gotten your job yet. And you're thinking, God is something wrong. Lord, what, what's taking place you feel financial pressure. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult. It's very difficult when you don't have a job, but my friends, I felt led to encourage you after you have suffered a while, Perfect, establish, strengthen, and God will settle you. But sometimes you can go through things. They're they're tests. They're trials of your faith. Don't quit. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep your hands on the plow. And Wake up in the morning and say, today is my day. I'm getting that job today. I'm getting a breakthrough job today. But see, the thing is, the trial of your faith is you have to keep coming back every day. Some heavyweight fights. They're not knockouts in the first round. And they're not big technical knockouts in the third round. I ha- I have to tell you truthfully some fights go all 12 rounds. I see you coming out in victory. I see you coming out on top. But you're going to have to go all the way. And if there's some form of suffering that even God is allowing and God won't even remove it. You need to stay there and you need to be strong. Pastor Stephen I don't think I can handle this anymore I've been praying for my loved one to be saved and it's been three years and they've gotten further away from God than ever I don't even know if my prayers are working God can turn the whole thing in one day stay on task stay on your assignment there's these things of suffering that I don't know why it is the way it is sometimes, but all I can say is keep on going. Because if you will keep on going after you have suffered a while, God will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You'll see your whole family come into the kingdom. You'll see your whole family come into the kingdom. Do not quit or give up. This is, this is not like there's some kind of exemption for this for ministers well pastor Stephen, ministers automatically all their children and family members just all come running to jesus no that's not true and just because you live a holy and sanctified life doesn't mean it's you know it you know others just say oh i want that too the uh very godly saint a prophet of the lord named john Follette, who wrote some really good books and had a very deep walk with the Lord. I'm, I'm not talking just being a good preacher or just a good minister. I'm talking about a person that knew Jesus very, very well, very well acquainted with God and His ways and His workings. Uh, John Follett, although his ministry was so effective and touched the lives of so many, yet his own father was lost and would not receive Christ. And John Follett tried many, many times to share the gospel with his own father, how Jesus died on the cross to redeem him from his sins. And if you put your faith and trust in him, he'll save you. And no matter how he tried to explain it, no matter how he tried to get it over to his father, his father would not budge, just didn't want anything to do with Jesus. Much to John Follett's frustration. One day, John Follett was in prayer. And he said, Lord, I'm going to continue to trust you to touch my father. But he said, Lord, I just can't do it. But he he said, I, I will continue to hold on in faith that you will. I know this is something that only you can do, but I'm staying in this and I'm believing that you will get him your way and Lord touch my father, get him. And he said, he wouldn't give up on him. He wouldn't try to make things happen in the flesh. He knew that wasn't going to work, but he prayed, but he stayed in faith and he believed God to do what only God could do. And one day, uh, John Follett came home. He's a full grown man. You know, he's, he's in his fifties and his father is getting older and older. He came over to his father's house, and he, he was spending some time there with him, and uh, he knew that his father wasn't home, that his father was gone uh, in the town doing some things, and there was a piano in the house. And so John Follett sat down at the piano, and just there in the privacy of the home between he and the Lord, John Follett began to pour out his heart there on the piano in worship unto the Lord, and began to lift his voice, and began to worship the Lord from the depths of his heart, And after he had done that for quite some time, he was, he was taken off. He was, he was very surprised. He was taken by surprise. He heard somebody in the house weeping and he did not know that his father did not go in the town. His father had stayed home that day and his father was in the other room listening to the whole thing. And he came out and he was weeping and he said, John, he said, I know that this thing is real. He said, I know that this thing with God is real. He said, I want to make my life right with God. And right there on the spot, he got saved. Just right there on the spot, got saved. And so for years and years and years, it seemed like nothing. But my friends, you must persevere. Praise the Lord. After you have suffered a while, after you have suffered a while, maybe you're believing God for healing. I know what it's like when you want it and you need it. And you know, Christ has provided atonement for your healing, but you're holding to the scriptures. You're holding to the scriptures and you're believing in faith. Now is my time. (laughs) All right. But see, faith comes, faith comes. And I think also sometimes the Lord teaches us, be careful, be careful in life. I remember that, uh, I you know I was younger, of course, and I, I had some weights out in the garage. I had a bench press and I, I was pretty strong at that point. And I, I just loved going out into the uh, garage and doing my exercise and lifting my weights. And one day I only had a little bit of time before I had to go to work, so I wanted to do a workout. So I just I just went to the garage real quick and I thought, this is what I'll do. I'll make the weight real heavy that way I don't work out very long, but it has intensity. So not a lot of reps, just heavy weight, then I'll go off to work. Well I did that with no warm up and I put a lot of weight on the bar, uh, doing bench press, and I did one set and down came the weight and I, I just I felt it and I even heard it. I heard rip. And I, I, you know, had to let the weight slide off to the side and somehow get it off of me because I was stuck. I couldn't get it up. And I said, Lord, I am so sorry. I know I just completely tore my um, my chest muscle. And uh, I mean, just completely tore it out of the socket from the insertion po- point. And it hurt. It started to burn. And I said, Lord, I said, that was so foolish of me to have done that. Without a warm-up, I should have known better i'm so sorry but i'm asking that you help me and that you just take the pain away and that you heal me well the lord took all the pain away but it was still torn my uh what's what's it called the pectoralis major was completely torn and i couldn't i couldn't touch that exercise uh with any type of weights or anything like that for quite some time well a few months go by and uh I I thought well I'll do an arm workout okay and so I put some uh, put some uh, weight on the uh, bar and started doing a a heavy arm workout without a proper warm-up and and I felt it tear. I completely tore my biceps. I, I I could even hear it. And I said, and I put the weight down. I dropped it, and I said, "Oh Lord, I just completely tore my biceps muscle." You know, when you're 20, you can get away with that. But when you start getting, you know, 35, 33, or past 30, you can't you can't do those things without a warm up. So now I'm walking around with a torn bicep and a completely torn uh, chest muscle. And uh, I just said, uh, I said, Lord, I said, I really need a healing. And so I was like that probably for about two years, two years. And you know what? I, I had enjoyed strength training. It was something that I liked, but now I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it everything's uh messed up i mean when i say i tore it i tore it bad and you know it should it should have been ongoing pain but the lord took that away but nevertheless i mean it's detached from the insertion point of where the muscle goes in it wasn't pretty it wasn't good i could function as far as moving but i could not lift or do things and i i repented to the lord told him i was sorry that i had done that and believed him for my healing but it wasn't till two years later, when I was in a very relaxed position, I uh, had been reading my Bible, and the Lord came to me with His presence and His heat, His heat went all over my body, I knew it was His healing power, I knew it instantly it went completely uh down like this it went over my chest i knew he had just knitted back together my pectoralis uh, uh muscle that it had been reinserted and healed i knew he had just completely retached the bicep muscle and the heat stayed on me i felt enveloped like literally like i was in surgery like an operation was taking place And the Lord held me there with this presence, with that soothing, warm, healing power. And then it began to lift. And when it lifted, I said, I'm completely healed. I'm completely healed. I got up from the couch, walked to where a fitness center was at, which was only about about, uh, 40 yards away from where i was staying and did a full workout i warmed up i warmed up i took it i took it easy but i got within 20 minutes i could get into heavy weights and uh, start moving heavy weights and i was weeping the whole time saying dear lord you've healed me you've healed me now since then i haven't had any injuries i always go slow and uh take it easy and uh you know warm up properly and stuff like that but see here's the thing for two years it was like a suffering it was like I had lost something that I enjoyed. And I, I, I was just like, well, Lord, you can heal me right now. Why don't you just heal me right now? But the Lord was teaching me things. Hold on. Hold on to my word. See, it's coming. What God has for you is coming. But there are going to be times where you go through certain areas of, of suffering where you wish you you were not in that situation but it's going to change but let the Lord change the season don't jump out and try to do something in the flesh where you're, you're trying to escape from the will of God keep on going hallelujah because God is developing in you maturity spiritual maturity praise the Lord and after you have suffered a while God will perfect you He will perfect you. You are mature. You are well-developed in faith. You are now able to mentor others. You're able to speak into the lives of others. You're able to give advice and counsel and wisdom to others. He will perfect you. He will establish you you're established you're not drifting you know the truth you even know the practicality of the truth the working knowledge of it you know it's true nobody can talk you out of it because god has now revealed it to you through personal experience he establishes you he strengthens you you're strong now you're strong in the things of god and you are settled you're settled divine health in your body pain-free body you've got the great job your family members ah, now they're in the kingdom praise God now everybody's maturing and growing and being taught in the things of the Lord my friends this is the journey this is the journey I can't promise you that you are going to be able to live some type of Christian life where there's no suffering no oftentimes you are called to participate in things that you never volunteered for, you never signed up for, but it's thrown into your life. And you know, it's your responsibility. You know, that's the cross that the Lord has for you, uh, for you to bear. And you know what, if the Lord gives it to you, there will be grace to carry it. And I think that's the wisdom of the Lord is that when I was at that job and I realized after praying, Lord, take this guy away, Lord, this guy is evil. Get rid of him. And God never got rid of him until I learned the things he was trying to teach me. So you change your prayer. You pray the will of God instead of like, Lord, remove it. Lord, get rid of him. Lord, change this. No, no, pray this God. Give me your grace give me your grace to overcome. Give me your grace to endure joyfully. Mm -mm. Lord, give me your strength. Give me your mercy. Give me your grace. Take me through. Take me through. Lord, I know you can. Supply it. Lord, I need it. Supply it. And he'll he'll pour it into your life. (laughs) It'll surge into your life. And you'll be filled with the joy of the Lord. And then when the situation changes, then when the blessing is manifested, then when the trial is over, it's not like suddenly, like, now I'm happy, now I'm happy, yeah, now I've got it, now I'm happy. No, you've already found happiness. You've already found contentment in the Lord, even in the trial. Oh, it doesn't mean that you enjoy the trial, but it does mean that even in the midst of it, your faith is strong your love for God has not decreased it's actually increased praise God hallelujah glory to God glory to God hallelujah father I just ask that your grace touch your people supply them with that supernatural strength with your wonderful grace and I thank you that for some they can already see the light at the end of the tunnel Hallelujah. They know that the trial is going to end soon. The dry season will end. It's going to rain. God's going to send the blessing. But God's very concerned about your spiritual education. Very, very concerned. And you don't get to pick the spiritual experiences that are chosen for your development. God does that choosing. Now, you can pick what college you may want to go to. You can can have input into the job that you would like to select. God, God gives you wisdom to choose. But there are some other things concerning your spiritual development. That only God is the one that allocates those things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Face life with faith and with courage in the Lord that any trial that comes across your path, you will graduate from it. You will go through it. You will learn what you needed to learn, and you will gain the teachings and the knowledge of the Lord, and you will go forth. You will go forth, and the Lord will perfect you. He will establish you. He will strengthen. He will settle you. There are some things that you go through. You complete it. You'll never, ever go through it again. You won't need to. You won't need to. Do you need to go back to third grade? no why you you did that you you got it you don't need that you don't you don't need to learn abcs you got it you're good to go but my my friends you must graduate you must go through with praise thanksgiving being grateful to the lord for all that you have in the midst of whatever it might be that the ordeal could be praise god but i also see you coming through to the other side hallelujah give God much praise in this time give God much praise in the midst of your trial anybody can praise him when everything's going great but there is a rich development that will take place in your spirit within your heart if you'll praise him in the midst of difficulties when it seems that others are going forth and you somehow it would appear that you're being bypassed praise the Lord don't be jealous of those that maybe now's their moment, or maybe they're also, God's not working on them like He's working on you. This is all for His eternal glory. Praise God. Mm, glory to the Lord. Oh, glory to the Lord. Blessed are those who have part in the first resurrection. Pastor Stephen, what in the world is the first resurrection? Those are those that God resurrects, gives them their glorified body, and they are allowed to administer in the millennial age along with the Lord. Not, not everybody gets that. Not everybody gets that. The rest get the resurrection at the end when that's completely over. That's when they get their glorified bodies. But you, if you will qualify, and much of this is dependent upon our development here in this life, You could attain to that by God's grace let him work in you don't don't judge it by how how others lives are going let God work his work in you for his glory praise the Lord he's doing something beautiful so father we just thank you we thank you that you're speaking to us in the midst of any trial and we thank you that you're bigger than the trial and we thank you that you can fill us with joy right in the middle of it we give you praise we thank you We thank you that you're bringing us through in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give God praise. Give God praise. Do not be a grumbler or complainer. Be very, very careful about that. It really grieves the Holy spirit and it really real. It will greatly impede your faith. I'm not saying that you don't have some tough situations that you're facing. I'm not saying that from a natural perspective, This is not worthy of, you know, uh, of being, how can we say something that many people would have a hard time with, but all I'm saying is this, don't grumble or complain, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, I felt sad in my heart when I watched the CEO of a major corporation, when they had a, a problem within their company. It brought literally international attention to their corporation. And this was the opportunity for the CEO to shine and rise up and be a leader to the tens of thousands of employees within the, within his corporation and to be a spokesman for his corporation and and to exemplify the characteristics of a leader but you know what he did he became frustrated and he said this he said why did this have to happen to me and he escaped on a secret like escape just to get away from it just he didn't want to even deal with it it was his time to shine it was a problem placed in his path he didn't cause the problem but he had an opportunity he had an opportunity to step into something where he could have caused the corporation to be a star that shone in the sky of of all the many corporations he had the opportunity to let that company be established in a very unique way and he missed it completely and all he could do was grumble and complain and say why did this have to happen to me when I'm the CEO be very very careful uh, to guard your heart against grumbling any type of bitterness any type of murmuring or complaining don't do that just praise the lord say lord i'm coming through this trial i'm coming through and the best is waiting for me on the other side and i'm giving you all my praise and all my love right now and i lean into you oh god i lean into you and i thank you you're a wise father and you're a good god everything about you is good i praise you you do that you'll be rejoicing you'll be rejoicing in the midst of any circumstance And you'll be moved into that category known in the scripture as an overcomer. Father, I pray for your people. Bless them today with your grace. We thank you. We seek your face. Thank you for your grace. Your mighty strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us take holy communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise God. Father, we bless this. We consecrate it. It is set apart. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this bread. We thank you in a mystical way. We, as believers, we are the body of Christ. And we thank you that Jesus is the head. And as we receive his body, we receive his teachings. We thank you, Father God. May we be counted worthy to be to be classified as overcomers we thank you for the trials father how could we be an overcomer if there were not something to overcome father we give you praise we give you praise in jesus name amen let's receive if you're called upon to go the extra mile, don't grumble, don't complain. Hallelujah. Remember the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. If somebody asked you to go one mile, go two. And the, and the culture and in the understanding of that day, everybody knew what the Lord Jesus meant. A Roman soldier and the, the land of Israel was under Roman occupation a Roman soldier had the authority, any Roman soldier, had the authority to compel you to carry their gear. In other words, if they're marching or they're walking and they've got their sword and their backpack and maybe extra supplies, they legally, lawfully had the authority to compel you to carry their gear. But you only were required by Roman law to carry it for one mile. Okay. Jesus said, they ask you to, or compel you to go one mile with them, go two. Why? The first mile works on you. The second mile works on that soldier because he's thinking, hey, you only had to do one what's up with the two (laughs) starts to work on him. (laughs) He starts to examine his life. Why is this person doing this? I, I don't understand this. Uh, I certainly wouldn't do it. Hey, well, and, and see it opens, it opens that person up, but you have to have a good attitude. You have to have a good heart. Praise God. Father, we thank you today for the blood of Jesus that you are bringing us into Christian maturity. We give you praise. We receive the blood of Christ now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us drink together. Praise the Lord. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after, after, after you have suffered a while, not forever, after you have suffered a while perfect establish strengthen and settle you I see you being settled I see you being happy I see you smiling saying this is the reward of the Lord I made it my friends press on you're about to come through on the other side thank you for watching God bless you I'll see you back next time For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.